That's right, Gene. We can confirm yet another Majnik sighting coming ever-increasing in this area. One expert tells me it could be just a few short weeks before Majnik crosses state lines. Listen, listen, the Majnik is here. We're going to be fine. We need to stay calm. Hey, so glad you're here. Come on, welcome all the campuses. Love you guys over there in Garner and Sanford and Hillsboro and online and Kenya campus. Um, got a great, got a great uh, email ooh, from the on, ooh, <laughs> from the online campus today. I'm just going to keep right on moving, but that might end up being a problem today. Normally, there's a connection when that's the issue. Um, got a picture from our Kenya campus this morning, and I want to share it with you because I see a lot of you with your hope keys on that you got last week while you were here. Look at this. We got our hope key because we shipped it to them. We got our hope key ready to be the hands and feet for Jesus Christ. Reach, teach, and release. Come on and celebrate the Kenya campus. Love you guys over there. So um, I don't know which tradition you grew up in. Some of you might have grown up in uh, the Catholic church. And if you grew up in the Catholic church or even in a high liturgical church, you probably said the Lord's prayer every week that you were in church. And uh, there's a slight nuance in the Catholic Church. They say it a little differently, um, but we're going to actually we're going to actually declare that together. But just by show of hands, it doesn't matter which tradition you grew up in. How many of you grew up in a tradition that pretty much said the Lord's Prayer every Sunday? That's what I thought. It's it's a great prayer that Jesus taught us. And since we're starting a series today, which I got to tell you, I am so stinking fired up about this series, and you'll understand why as I unpack it today. I thought a great way for us to start this series is by declaring the Lord's Prayer together, because the Lord's Prayer is about the kingdom, and this is a series about the what, church? The kingdom. And so let's read the one that comes from the Roman Catholic Church out loud, really strong. Ready? Go, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. I can tell you're familiar with it. And the the problem with doing it every single week, like the problem with doing anything every single week, is if you're not careful, it can just become ritualistic. It can lose its meaning. It can just become formulaic. And uh, you know, the, the, the error that we might make in our kind of tradition is we don't do stuff like that enough. But there's this part of the prayer that I want us to lean into as we start this series. And you might have picked it up, but they're gonna throw it up on the screen for you. It's your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why don't you say that with me? Your kingdom come, your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. And so what we're saying is, God, we know that you are holy. God, we know that you are transcendent. We know that you are the name above all names. And God, what we want, check it out. This is what this series is all about. Oh God, oh God, may up there <laughs> come down here. Say that with me. Oh God, may up there come down here. Now, the reason I'm so excited about this series, listen, you might not be aware of this, the most popular topic that Jesus spoke about in the New Testament was the kingdom of God. Like bar none, by far. It was his go-to. He talked about the kingdom of God, or Matthew's translation would often refer to it as the kingdom of heaven. You can look at those the same way. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, same kind of deal in the New Testament. It, was the, it, it would be like me coming in here every single week and I preached on the same thing all the time. One pastor says, somebody, people always ask him, why are, you always, why are you always talking about the same thing over and over? And he goes, I'll stop talking about it when y'all start doing it, but I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven, oh God, may what is up there come down here. And what I'm gonna invite you to do is turn on your thinking caps this series. Engage in a, in a topic that was Jesus's number one go-to topic. And the reason this is so important is because we see a lot of competing kingdoms out there in this day and age. Have you noticed this? And if you live in the world that I do, and I know you do, you've got all kinds of voices screaming at you for allegiance. And there's all kinds of convolution and, and confusion about the kingdom of heaven. And, and in some political parties, they, they confuse their political party with the kingdom of heaven. And then the other side of the political spectrum will claim the kingdom of heaven. If you're like me, sometimes you probably look around and go, what is it? I can't figure it out. And the reason there's a problem with that is because the kingdom of heaven is not of this world. The Bible says that we are to be in the world, come on, but not of the world. And if you will lean in, I hope like never before, ready to, to engage mentally, intellectually in a very important topic. This is the kind of series that has the potential to drastically change our church so that we can live in this world, making a difference in this world, but being about a capital K kingdom and not allowing the little K kingdoms of this world, my little kingdoms included, to interfere with my allegiance to Jesus. Come on now. So this is where we're going. And, and the kingdom of heaven is quite mysterious. Jesus, Jesus said this, the kingdom of heaven is like a wedding banquet. Any of you like wedding banquets? Wow, that's pretty bad. <laughs> and the ones who raise their hands are, are the women. Men hate to go to weddings on Saturdays. But I've always said, by the way, I like weddings. Call me crazy, but I find that at weddings, they're full of joy and laughter. I find that weddings are kind of like life at its best. Most people are getting along and they're joyful and there's good food and there's good drink and there's good laughter and there's good love and it's just great. It's unbelievable. Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like a banquet. It's like a wedding feast, a place of laughter and all those things I just described. But then Jesus said, watch this. Jesus said, not everybody comes. He said, everybody's invited, but not everybody RSVPs. He said, the kingdom of heaven it's like a wedding banquet. Think about it. He said this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure chest overflowing. The kingdom of heaven is like a buried treasure hidden in a field. He tells this cool story about a guy who finds this treasure buried in the field, but there's only one problem. He doesn't own the field. You know the story? 
And Jesus said the dude goes off and, and, and negotiates and comes up with the money to, to spend a lot of money on this field. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like that. Once you, once you taste, once you touch and see the kingdom of God, you will go to crazy lengths to be involved in it. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like that. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed and a mustard tree, if you will. He talks about how the kingdom of heaven is like this little tiny, tiny seed that, that expands and becomes this huge, massive thing. It begins to grow and flourish and we become noticeably different people. Jesus said, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. He said, it's like a farmer. Any, any farmers in the house? Man, this church is a trip. <laughs> you people don't like weddings and there are no farmers up in this place. Welcome to the 21st century, right? <laughs> Jesus says, the kingdom is like a farmer who sows seed out. He says, some seed falls on rocky soil and it won't take root. Some seed falls among the weeds. But then he said, check this out. Some seed falls upon receptive soil that receives it. And when it hears and receives the seed of God, it cultivates humility and it cultivates faith. And when faith grows, God fertilizes our lives and we start to produce fruit on a whole nother level. Jesus said, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. You enjoying these images? Let me give you a few more. Jesus said, it's like a loaf of bread. It's like a loaf of bread. It's like yeast causing hope to rise everywhere it permeates. And that's a good image, is it not? After coming out of the series last week, hope is how? He said, it's like yeast that just expands and spreads hope all over the world. Hey, those of you who have kids, I know they can get on your last nerve, but check it out. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like children. The religious people would get mad at him and he'd say, no, no, let the little children come on to me. Y'all remember this sweet kid from last week, Joel? What a great, great kid. Unbelievable teaching on the, the power of children and the way we can learn from them. Here's another image, wealth and extravagance. Jesus said that it's really hard for those of you who are rich, those of us who are rich and self-sufficient. I mean, we, we all live pretty good in America, right? He said it's hard for, for those people, us, to humble ourselves and enter the kingdom of God, which is why he taught in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll add all these things unto you, right? He, he said the kingdom of God is, is like being breaking out amongst religious people. One day he's directing his words toward the religious hypocrites. And he told them that, that not everyone who pretends to know him actually knows him and will enter into this kingdom. He told those same religious Pharisees that they were slamming the door of God's kingdom on the people that God wanted to draw into this kingdom. He told us all that if we would seek God's kingdom first and depend on him, that we would be like the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. And everything we need in life will be provided. He said, that's, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's full of this mystery. And it's, it's not of this world. It's 
It's an upside down. It's a backwards kind of kingdom. And it's where we're going for the next seven weeks. Oh God, may what is up there come down here in and through New Hope Church. So what is a kingdom? What is it? One person said that a kingdom represents one's sphere of influence. That, that a kingdom, every kingdom has a king, right? And that the kingdom represents an area that someone has dominion over, right? So some of you might say, your kingdom is the kitchen, right? Now, kingdom, for me, I've actually started to love cooking. I'm cooking a lot these days, and I love to cook, right? So, you know, it, it can go either way, but I love to cook. Some of you might say your kingdom is your office, right, where you work. You know what my kingdom is, though, even though I like the kitchen? You know what my kingdom is? My kingdom is my truck. I don't drive it all the time. I don't drive it much at all, actually, maybe just a couple times a week. But when I drive my truck, I'm in my kingdom. Anybody else like this? Like, I, I got my seats how I want them. I got my mirrors like I want them. Anybody else know what I'm talking about, right? I got my radio set just right. Got the treble, got the bass, but I got a little more bass than treble because it's all about the bass, baby, right? <laughs> about that bass, about that bass, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, 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 I got, I got my, I got, I, I'm that guy. I got a dog. Have I told you about my dog, Abby? Abby sits shotgun. My kids will come to the door sometimes. They'll, they, oh, there she is. That's Abby. And she, she wants to look at you and say, what's up? Check it out. That's Abby. That's Abby. And um, um, I, so I, I, got her, I got her kennel in the back. She only gets in the kennel when she's bad or when she's all muddy from retrieving birds. But that's my girl. The, the, my boys will come to the truck sometimes. They'll go to get in shotgun. And guess who's sitting shotgun? Abby, Abby looks at him like, you better get in the back. <laughs> but, 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 but my kingdom is my truck, if you will. I, it represents who I am. It reflects my personality. It grounds me to my roots, if you will. Like I said, don't ride in it a lot, but when I do, man, windows are down. I was in it yesterday, it's 35 degrees. I don't care. Windows are down, arm out of the truck, heater wide open, and I'm in my truck. You know what I'm saying? We all have, we all have, our kingdoms, if you will, little K kingdoms. But where this series is going to push us is it's going to push us into God's capital K kingdom. And it's going to remind us that we are most faithful or we are not when we are engaged in God's kingdom. You see, God's kingdom is wonderful because God is wonderful. Can I get an amen? God's kingdom is kind because God is kind. God's kingdom is good because he is so very good. It is strong because he's strong. God's kingdom perfectly reflects who he is. Again, oh God, may what is up there come down here. So what I wanna do today, more than anything, is I'm just going to lay out for us where we are going over the course of the next seven weeks. I highly recommend that you take notes. If you got your journal, write in there. But everybody has a phone. Take out your phone and open up your notes app if you, if you don't know of anywhere else to take notes. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna show you for each of these weeks where we're going in this series. And what you're gonna learn today is where we're going. And then every single week, you can take notes. And when it's all said and done, check this out. 
you're gonna have a file or you're gonna have journal pages that are chock full of the biblical understanding of the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you, this can change the trajectory of your life individually as a believer and our lives together as a church. Are you ready to go get it? Let's go get it. God's kingdom. M, write this in. M, in God's kingdom, more is less. In God's kingdom, more is less. Now, I'm gonna move pretty quickly. Not gonna have a lot of time to, to unpack these. We'll do that on the Sunday where we hit that particular theme. But in Matthew 16, 24 and 26, Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way and do what, church? I can't hear you, you got mask on, I heard mumbling. Take up your cross, exactly. You must take up your cross and do what? Follow me, there you go, now you're with me. A lot of you are taking notes too and I love it. If you try to hang on to your life, you will what? Lose it, but if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? In this countercultural kingdom, upside down, backwards kingdom, the kingdom is more is less, and less is more. Oh, what do you think it stands for? Oh, others. First, I should have told you this in the beginning. I write in cursive. Nobody writes in cursive anymore. I hope you'll be able to read my, my cursive writing. Um, like they don't even teach cursive anymore in school, I'm hearing. What is the world coming to? What is the world coming to? You say they do? All right, praise God. Well, they need to, because that's all I ever learned and I can't hardly not write uh, in cursive. So here is, others are first, right? Others are first. Philippians 2, 3 and 4 says this. Don't be selfish. In fact, go study Philippians 2 this week. Unbelievable passage. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Instead, be humble. Thinking of others better than yourselves. One of the passages that has forever wrecked me is where Jesus Christ is uh, about to go to the cross. And they're in the upper room. You remember it? This is where, um, this is where communion comes from. It's in the upper room. This is where uh, foot washing has come into play. Show of hands, have any of you ever been to a foot washing experience? Few of you, okay. Um, actually, more than I thought. It's a powerful, humbling thing. On the night before Jesus was betrayed, he's in the upper room with his disciples. Whenever they would gather, there would always be a servant at the door. The servant had one responsibility, to wash everybody's dirty feet. On this particular occasion, the servant was AWOL. He didn't come to work, right? So Jesus could have done anything. He could have said, Peter, yo, you, wash feet. Timid, 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 Timothy, I'm tired of you being timid. Or Thomas, timid Thomas, tired of you being so timid. You get over there and wash some feet. But instead, Jesus gets down on his knees. The, the king of heaven, the king of this kingdom, gets down and washes their feet. He models others first. Matthew 20, 25 through 28. And there are four words in this passage that I think are really, really important for us. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them 
and their high officials exercise authority over them. Here's the four words. Will you say them out loud with me? Not so with you. You sound great. One more time at all the campuses. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your what? servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Unbelievable. D, D, write it in. Descend into greatness. Descend into greatness. Very countercultural. In our world, it's all about upward mobility, is it not? It's all about upward ascension. It's all about higher levels of greatness. But here's the problem. Come on, we know this, don't we? Here's the problem. If you buy too much into that, you will get full of yourself. And if you get full of yourself, your ego will get out of control. And most of you have heard me describe ego before. Jot this down. Ego stands for edging God out, right? You get so full of yourself that there's no, no room for anyone else. There's no room for God. And Jesus comes and says, hey, watch me. Watch me and I'll show you a better way to live. G, G, Oz. This next week, we'll talk about generosity like the little kid in Sanford. In the kingdom of God, generosity flows. In the kingdoms of this world, come on, you know this, right? Selfishness flows. Narcissistic tendency flows. It's all about me. I am the king of my kingdom. And the kingdom of God comes along and it says, no, 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 no. When you get people coming to know Christ, you get people following the servant who laid down his life, then generosity starts to flow, which gives me a chance, by the way, to just celebrate the fact that in this church last week, we had over 100 people accept the tithe challenge and commit to honoring God with their tithe to reach, teach, and release. 100 plus people. Now, in, in, the, in, the, in the Modernic series, we're gonna keep the, the G silent, if you will. Some people say, how do you pronounce this? Is it Majnik? We're gonna say Modnik. Everybody say Modnik. One more time, Modnik. I'm leaving the G silent because generosity is best when it's low key. Come on now. Generosity is best when it's lived out before God and it is just, it's, it's, it's silent, it's low key. The most faithful and joyful people are those who just live generous lives. It's those who allow the resources of God to flow through them like a river. It flows, not like a pond that's stale and stagnant and all the resources just kind of get in there. No, no, no. God wants to flow through your life. Here's one in. Oh, I love this one. I love them all, can you tell? Not to us. In this countercultural kingdom, it's not about us. Look at your neighbor. Say, it's not about you. Now look in the mirror. Say, it's not about me. It's not about us. 
It's not, and, and the kingdom of God, it's all about God. In the church, in, in the church that strives to be faithful, there is only one. Like you've heard me say this before, you're not the audience of worship, right? You know this, right? We all worship before an audience of one. And he's got scars in his hand and his feet because he laid down his life for you. He is the one that gets all the worship. And if I might just say the staff of this church right now, I've never been so pleased with the pastors and the staff of this church because they all live their lives for the, for the glory of God. We, we sometimes have to stand under spotlights and I don't really like it at times, but the truth is when we're at our best, none of us really wanna be under the spotlight. We wanna take a floodlight, come on, and we wanna put it right on Jesus Christ so that he gets all the attention, all the glory, all the honor. Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 14, out loud, really loud at all of the campuses. Go, you are the light of the world. Those are marching orders. Some of you learned this in, 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 in little church or, or preschool if you went to a Christian school. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Those are marching orders. Jesus said, let your light shine. When kids are abused and women are used, let there be light. When men are judged by the color of their skin, let there be light. When hearts are broken and cruel words are spoken, let there be light. When markets crash and hopes are dashed, when dreams are squelched and a friend cries for help, come on, let there be light. When addictions wreak havoc and self-destruction becomes habit, when prodigals are lost and look for a way, when depression comes and clouds the day, what church? Let there be Light, and I can't help, but I'm just gonna follow the Holy Spirit right now and pause for just a moment. I'm so proud of you. When I just read that, I thought of you. Jason Halsey, who stood before us last week, and Dylan Mole, two young men who got baptized right down here last week and confessed before us all that the addictions had the best of them at times, that the darkness and the clouds and the mental illness had the best of them. But they stood before us last week and they testified to the fact that the light of Christ had come in and flooded their souls and their new creatures in Jesus Christ. That's good stuff, church. That's good stuff. Let's continue. When children go hungry and corruption robs their dreams because nations oppress and politicians scheme, let there be light. When Satan spins lies and identities are stolen, when you're made to feel useless and shame begins to feel normal, what? Let there be light. And when minds become foggy and confusion takes over, when the truth becomes blurred and love becomes colder, let there be light. It's marching orders, not to us, but to him and him alone. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Hey, here's a, here's a verse of scripture for you to put to memory. Psalm 115.1. It starts with not to us. I love this. Not to us, Lord. Not to us, but to your name be the what? Because of your love and faithfulness. As a church, God, we're gonna, we're gonna strive to put the floodlight on Jesus. We're gonna, we're gonna strive to shine his light 
into the world. The next week, oh, I love this one. Inclusivity. Inclusivity. In the kingdom of heaven, everybody's welcome. Ho, oh, can I get an amen? In the kingdom of God, there is no bias or prejudice. In the kingdom of God, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, Jew or Gentile, everyone is welcome in the kingdom of God. And no one is treated differently because they have more of this or they have more of that or they were born on the right side of the tracks or they went to this school or whatever. Everybody is included in the kingdom of God. There's this, there's this great story, and we'll unpack it on that week, but let me just, let me just tell you a little. This, this, this probably more than any story that I'll talk about today gives you the sense of what I'm trying to communicate to you about this upside-down, backwards kingdom. Listen closely about how this biblical story smacks in the face of westernized capitalism. Jesus tells a story about how the kingdom of God really works. He says the kingdom of God is like a landowner who went to town to, to hire some day labor. You see this going on around here all the time. And he hires some day labor. 6 a.m., he hires some people to go work in the fields. 9 a.m., they got more work than they can handle, so guess what he does? He goes and he hires more people at 9 a.m. Noon, he does the same exact thing. 3 p.m., hires more. And right about quitting time, 5 p.m., <laughs> the landowner hires more people and they come out there right at pay time. Now, in your mind, in my mind, you would think it would work like this. Those who'd been there all day, they'll be paid for the hours they'd worked all day. That's fair, is it not? Those that started at nine, time would be adjusted. Noon, three, and those that got there at pay time, <laughs> Dude, and, and, and like in, in my world, like, dude, you're not getting paid. <laughs> Come on back tomorrow. Put in a day's worth of work tomorrow and you get paid. And Jesus tells this parable where, where he takes the folks that just got there at pay time, <laughs> doesn't even put them in the back of the line, puts them in the front of the line and they get paid exactly what the folks who got there at 6 a.m. got paid. What? As David Letterman used to say, what? How does that make sense? That's not fair. Guess what? You don't want fair in the kingdom of heaven. Fairness ended in the garden. That's what I tell my kids. And they start, ah, that's not fair. Fairness ended in the garden. And the truth is, you don't want fair. I don't want fair. If I got fair, I'd be in bad trouble because I've messed things up time and time again. The kingdom of heaven is inclusive. Boy, that's gonna be a good Sunday. And the very last Sunday, very last Sunday, this is so cool. King on a cross, write it in. King on a cross. Now we organized this entire series that this particular Sunday, 
is gonna be Passion Palm Sunday. And you know what Passion Palm Sunday is. That's, that's where you celebrate Jesus coming into Jerusalem and goes straight to the cross. The very next Sunday is gonna be Easter. And what I'm believing by faith is I'm believing that this church at all locations, even if you're online, we hope you'll come on back when you're ready. But I'm believing by faith that this church is going to be able to celebrate Holy Week like never before if we will lean in and engage this series. Like we will be able to celebrate Easter resurrection together. I believe like never before because we will have learned for seven weeks Jesus' number one go-to topic. So you know now where we're going. Heck, I wasn't planning on doing this, but let's do it. Let's read them from the bottom up. It's an upside down kind of kingdom. Really loud, all the campuses. M stands for what, church? D. Descend into greatness. Oh, I left, dude, I left O out. Sorry. O. D. G. N. I. Inclusivity and K. Who would imagine that a king of a kingdom would end up splattered on a cross? What? Talking about fairness and lack thereof. But that's the kingdom that we're a part of. And the more we understand this kingdom, the more we can rightfully live out scripture, we can live in this world amongst all the lowercase k kingdoms, but not of this world because we are citizens of the kingdom of God. I'm excited. I hope you are. I hope this whets your appetite. You don't want to miss a single Sunday. Bring your notes back in every single week. You just, you just build it out. You build out your notes under each level. And when it's all said and done, you will be more like Jesus and you will more faithfully understand and live into the kingdom that he has ushered into existence. Oh God, may what is up there come down here. Pray with me. God, we are leaning in. I can tell there is just a great level of interest in such a topic. Father, we want to understand this kingdom because you taught it more than anything else in and through your son, Jesus. So Father, give us ears to hear. God, I think about that story that I told earlier. Give us fertile soil. Don't let our soil be rocky or full of weeds, but God, let it be soil that opens up and receives the seed, the word of God. And Father, I'm just crazy enough to believe that if we will do so, that come Easter Sunday, God, we will be a more faithful church. We will be a church that is more about your kingdom and able to pray and experience that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. To you be all glory and honor and praise in your church now and forever. And we make this humble prayer in Jesus' name, amen.